Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Come on, let's give us praise. Thank you, Lord. There's power in your name to work miracles in this place. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, good afternoon. It's so good to see you. Today I'm going to teach you how to work a miracle. It will require you to do something. So we're going to start by doing something now, and that is we're going to fill those seats right there with people over here. So maybe the guys in the back few rows there, if you could just make your way down, just shift across into the middle seats here. That really helped me. I believe faith is transferable. When there's a gap between you and somebody else, the faith cannot skip to the next person. It falls into the seat and goes nowhere. We're going to transfer faith right now by blessing this young lady here and surrounding her with people. Wonderful. You are so good. That helps me already. It helps you. Who feels the faith level rise? Right there. Amazing. Amazing. Miracles are work. They don't come in prayer. They come by a faith action. Stealing my thunder right here. My job today is to help you take a step of faith. When Jesus turned water into wine, he didn't pray. When Elisha took an axe head that had fallen into the lake and caused it to rise to the surface, he didn't pray. When he put flour in a poisonous meal and turned it into a healthy meal, he didn't pray. When Elijah met a widow who had no food left, he told her to cook a cake for him to eat, and she found herself not lacking any flour thereafter. He didn't pray. What is common to all of these situations? There was an action of faith. Jesus fed 5,000 people, and he did pray. Do you know why he prayed? He says, I'm only praying. I don't need to pray. He said, I don't need to pray. I'm only praying so that your disciples can see that God is on the move here. He's doing something. I have no need to pray because we're about to work a miracle. What did he do? He broke a small lunch into pieces and gathered it around. What did Jesus do with water into wine? He took pots, he filled it with water, and he gave it out to the party goers, and it was wine. What did Elisha do? to raise the access to the surface of the water, he took a branch and he threw it into the water. In every situation you read a miracle, there was an act of faith, not an act of prayer. Why am I telling you this? Given that we're a church known for prayer. And tomorrow night we're going to gather in prayer. We're going to have one hour and it's going to be an amazing hour. Why should I say this? I say this because we need to know the right place for the right activity. And in this series of Super Life, what I'm trying to teach you is how to work the gifts of the Spirit. In 2 Corinthians, it doesn't say that He gives you the gift of miracles. It says He gives you the gift of the working of miracles. That is, miracles come by a work. It comes by a need to step out and do something. Now, that action will be way short of what's needed, 
but God just loves it when you and I do something to get started that he can get his action upon and complete the work when you take a step he turns one small step into a giant leap and creates a miracle so that's what we're going to do today I'm so pumped about this service because we always hear so many wonderful stories and whilst we're taking up an offering this isn't about money today we're not here to fundraise that, that money will be well spent and it will do some things to continue to help us head toward live streaming and in terms of stage setup. but that's not the point it's the destination is not important the point is this it's, and we need to do something that's a trigger of faith we need to do something that is an act of faith that gets us out of our comfort zone into a big character zone naturally as human beings we seek comfort and God wants us to seek character and I'm going to help you seek character today to step up and go no matter what comes against me God is for me I can do all things so I'm going to help you teach you how to get your miracles is that alright anybody excited about that anybody need a miracle today alrighty when you high five 600 people take a seat and uh Beautiful. My gosh. We got some really good looking people sitting there on the third row to the back. So glad you moved. I needed to see your faces and your smiles. Michael, all the way back from California. Nice to see you. And Lainey. Oh, look, well, you're, boo, what happened to your marriage while you were away there, right? <laughs> sitting separate. And Laura. Laura, you've come back for a second service as well. You're amazing. Laura Faulkner was in our church for three years. Oh, it felt like three, two, two years, and then had to return to New Zealand and was helping us with our worship. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. If you could stay up here, that would be amazing. No, I was kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just wanted to, I just wanted to see your face. That was sweet as. That was beautiful. Right. Miracle. Miracle Zone. I've got a really exciting announcement to make before we go any further. And uh, uh, we, we, uh, the re- there are many reasons why I'm excited about it. One of the reasons was Pastor Phil Pringle prophesied over us uh, nine or ten years ago about going downtown Amsterdam. So uh, I want to announce to you today that in September this year, we'll be starting a location in Amsterdam West. It'll be our third location. Boom. So, uh, if you don't, aren't aware, we have a location in Almira. Uh, we have two services running here. And uh, we just feel like God's going, now's the time for number three. So, we've been, uh, been sort of praying about that and walking around the city since autumn last year, just getting the right feel on it, the right location on it. And uh, we feel like, bang, now's the time. We're ready to go. So from September this year, we're going to start organically. We're going to start Cafe Connect meetings once a month on a Sunday evening uh, to start with uh, because we're looking to gather a crowd of about 50 people before we start weekly services. just helps us have momentum when we get into that service environment. So we're going to focus more at the moment on connection, gathering people, uh, starting more groups within the ring, Uh, so that we have some momentum when we get going. 
So we have asked Fernando and Fabricia Oliveira to uh, help us with this and team lead the Cafe Connect. So guys, could you come on up? And, um, and Pastor Louis and Intan, could you come up to uh, the awesome? Now, uh, so Pastor Louis and Intan already look after these guys. They sit in their leadership group. And so I've asked uh, Louis and Intan also to assist me in, in working with them. And together we'll, we'll be the team that makes West happen. These guys aren't going anywhere, by the way. They're still remaining the English service, service pastors. This is their priority and focus. Just don't read into anything. We're not sending them anywhere. Um, this is just the formation of a team that gets something going. All right, just to be clear. Um, so in a moment, I want us to pray for West. Another piece of exciting news. You will know from last autumn we announced, or no, the beginning of this year we announced we're going to start a second C3 Cares outreach in New West. Uh, now, that door's shut. We've been trying to get into New West, um, but we found a community center in Old West uh, that is uh, just saying, please, come and do this. We're, please come on over. What you're doing is so amazing. We'll give you the community center for free. Um, and, and so we have, um, we have acquired that place. For, uh, so we're going to start that in July uh, on a monthly basis. And what is really cool, that community center be, will be within a 10-minute walk from the, the area we're looking at cafes at the moment. To, we haven't yet found one, but we're, we're looking at cafes or restaurants at the minute we can meet in in West. So it's going to be a bit like we've got here. We've got a C3 Cares outreach in South Oast alongside this, which is now our, we will now call this our Amsam South Oast location. Uh, and we'll have the same in West, a C3 Cares outreach uh, alongside a new West location, the future is bright, many people are going to come to Christ, and we'll see hope on every street, right? Yeah. <laughs> Peace. All right, stand your feet. We're going to pray right now for Amsterdam downtown. Who's believing we're going to see God do something? Amen? Fantastic. Come on, guys, let's pray. Lord, we pray today that the power of the Holy Spirit will be poured out in Jesus' name in a new way, in a, in a fresh New day experience on this city downtown in Jesus' name. We pray that, that we would see hope move like a river through every street of, of the city within the ring. We pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would open doors for us, uh, the right place, the right cafe, the, the right people. I pray people in apartments right in that area right now would have the prompting of God on their lives that they would come seeking Christ. In Jesus' name. We know by the preparation of the Holy Spirit you've gone before us. And we're believing that your power will equip us. I pray for this team of ours, Lord. I pray that you would equip us and protect us as we venture into the unknown. We know your hand is upon us. And Lord, I know that your word over our lives right now is exponential. It's expansion. It's growth. And the best days are yet to come. We bless you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Awesome. Bye, buddy. <laughs> cool. You may grab a seat. Hey, so, miracles. Turn with me to, uh, I've, already, I've already shared it, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. In, uh, we're calling the series a super life. 
And uh, I was wanting to make it really practical. So last week we talked about practically how to prophesy. Next week we're going to talk about healing. And today we're talking about working miracles. Working miracles. Not just miracles. Working miracles. Because we need to flick a switch on. Last weekend I was uh, putting a new light in, in our toilet room at home. A uh, bit of DIY for you guys. You impressed? Uh, with one, one challenge, and that is I find every time I do DIY, it takes me at least twice as long as I ever plan it to. This was meant to be a 10-minute job, turned into a 30-minute job as I kept breaking the wire that was meant to connect, and, which wasn't my fault. It was a very old wire. And <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pastor Intan. I'm going to preach over this side. It was a really old wire. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you, guys. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. Um, and uh, the, the, the most wonderful moment is when you, when you switch the mains electricity back on. Because, by the way, if you're playing with electricity, do turn it off first. Health and safety note, if you're trying this at home. I have tried it without turning it off, and it didn't end well. I got thrown off the ladder uh, onto the floor. So please... <laughs> you now know my DIY experience. Uh, so we flick the switch back on, and there is Mr. and Mrs. Warren standing at the door of this little toilet cubicle going, oh. <laughs> As the light comes on, and it, it, it creates this beautiful glow that we had hoped it would in that toilet room. <laughs> Now, look, I've studied uh, electricity, I've studied physics, um, but I still don't get it. I, I, I could not tell you what electricity is, and I could not tell you how it flows. All I know is how the wires fit together, and it seems to work when you flick the switch. The same is true of working miracles. We may not always understand how it works, but for as long as we know what flicks the switch. For as long as we know what triggers a miracle, we can begin the work of a miracle. And that is this. It's a trigger of faith. You're not going to water your garden with a hose pipe until you turn on the tap. Your car is going nowhere until you turn on the engine. Your pizza will remain cold until you turn on the oven. Now that's a disaster. You've got to switch something on to get the result you want. The same, is the, the same is true of working a miracle. As I said just now, we're sometimes tempted to think it's prayer that works a miracle, but it's not prayer. You, please hear me. You praying at home will not drop a miracle into your lap usually. God is sometimes real good to us and those things happen, but nearly every account I can come across in the Bible of a miracle being worked, there was a step of faith. Every miracle I've nearly, nearly every miracle I've ever seen has been a result of us having to take a step of faith. There is virtually no other way that you will work a miracle other than to take a step of faith. That is, step, flick the switch, trigger, motion happens. Electricity begins to flow. The water begins to flow. The oven goes on. The pizza tastes good. I think the subtitle of this message is super good. Should have called it super pizza. There has to be an action. So I want to take you through a story over the next 16 minutes. 
and 48 seconds. And then we're going to take up uh, an offering. We're going to do something that triggers uh, a reaction or a response. In 2 Kings chapter 4 and verse 1, uh, and through this we're going to learn some steps we can take to work a miracle. As I said, I want it to be really practical, but I want to stir your faith too. Uh, so here we go. It's reading from 2 Kings 4 verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in the house? Your servant has nothing there, there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each are filled, put, to one, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Okay, so here we have a story where this woman had a pretty significant problem. Her husband had died, and for whatever reasons, even though he was a godly man, had left her with debt. And now the debt, the creditors of that debt were coming at her door, and the only way for her to be able to pay it off was to sell her sons into slavery. Now that's a pretty significant problem. The first thing we've got to note when it comes to working a miracle is it starts with a problem. <laughs> now, we love miracles, right? Who loves problems? But you see, if you don't have a problem or if you don't have a gap between the now and the future, if there's not a hole to fill, there's no need for a miracle. And so one of the challenges we face is, uh, is learning to take a hold of what we say is a problem and turning it into an opportunity. Because your problem is not the problem. Your problem is an opportunity. And for some reason, when we come to Christ, we sort of think all our problems are going to go away. I don't know where we get the idea from. That's sort of a Disney uh, concept. Uh, but the Bible concept is maybe your problems will even increase. Maybe the hurdles that get in your way will grow. Why is that? Because whilst we seek comfort, God seeks character. And unless we have some challenges, how will our character grow? Unless we learn to take a hold of our problem and go, problem, you're an opportunity. Character, rise. By faith, I'm taking a step we will overcome. Unless you learn to use that language, I'm helping some of you now because for some of us, it's too easy for the default when a challenge comes for our conversation to be negative, or a conversation to be doubt-filled. Well, Pastor Steve, isn't it right to be real? No, not when it means doing that. It's not. <laughs> Your job as a believer is to deny what your emotions are feeling and begin to declare what is truth about your future, which is sometimes contrary to emotions. Emoticon, go back, listen to the podcast. You may be feeling anxious, but you know your God is on your side. You may be feeling disappointed because you believe for a miracle before nothing happened and you're having to come to him again, but you know he works on your behalf. And so now we have a choice of what we will declare and what we will say. And so we're now in coming to a problem going, 
My problem is my opportunity. And if you can say it with a smile, even better. If you can't, it doesn't matter. It's all good. <laughs> it just helps if you smile at it. it. makes it look small, especially when you're up here looking down at it. You just, go, just jump on a chair or something and write your problem on a piece of paper and look down on it and smile and go, problem, you've seen nothing yet. You've messed with the wrong person. I'm a miracle worker. Jesus says you will do greater things than I have done. What does that mean? What did Jesus do? He walked on water, turned water into wine, fed 5,000. What does that mean we can do? We can turn water into wine. We can walk on water. We can, you go, can we really? Yes, you can. You can work miracles. I've seen, I've seen incredible miracles happen in our own lives, let alone in your lives, the stories that come in. And I believe today some of you are going to get miracles. I particularly believe there are miracles of healing that are going to happen here today. I wouldn't usually call healing a miracle, but, I, but bear with me. It may be that you have been, we'll touch on healing next week. Uh, it may be that you've been in a stuck situation where that thing will just not shift and you need it to shift. There's no reason why today that couldn't shift. And so she comes to the prophet and I love her, I love her ballsy, audacious, tenacity. She knows she doesn't have a lot. She knows she's desperate. She knows she may lose her two sons, and yet she's prepared to come to the prophet and go, do you know what, prophet? I, I believe that God could work through you today. Do you know there's something about the, the audacity of faith that God loves? There's something about the tenacity of someone who's bold enough to believe that God will do the unusual, the incredible, and the unknown. Now, tenacity and audacity is different to assumption. Assumption says, God, you have to work on my behalf. Isn't it my right to have a miracle? I'm assuming you will work for me. That's assumption. God doesn't respond to assumption. He responds to audacious faith. And so today, when, when you come to that place where I'm encouraging you to take a step of faith, I want you to come at it with an audacious, God, I know, you're on my side. Something is going to happen. Some breakthrough is going to take place. I believe my act of faith today is going to trigger something in the supernatural realm that's going to download uh, something that I could not have imagined as happening. By the way, that may not be entirely what you were expecting. I love the way that God knows more about what we need than what we think. You may be believing for one particular thing and he takes us to a whole new zone. There are many moments where Lisby and I have gone into a moment like this where we have sown financially and we actually would really need some of that money back just to get by. But we've not gone into it necessarily for a financial breakthrough. There are times where we've needed a financial breakthrough and we've gone into it for that reason. But very often, actually, we've gone into it for other reasons. So like Pastor Lou in Intan's story, we did the same last year. We gave 1,000 euros into a miracle offering in Sydney believing that we would see a move of God in our church. Last year, we saw one of the fastest growth years of our church. It grew by nearly 25% last year, which is enabling us to have a momentum that, is a, that, that makes it possible for us to start another location. Did we buy the miracle? No, not at all. It wasn't about, it wasn't about the fact it was finance involved. It was a step of faith with an action believed at the end of it. 
when we were having difficulty conceiving, we decided we needed to do something. We started to prepare. Uh, if you're at Beautiful Minds, you would have heard Pastor Lisby share the story. We decided to create a nursery. We started turning one of the rooms in our house uh, in, into a nursery ready for the child that wasn't yet here. It, yes, it cost us something financial, but that wasn't the point. It was an act of faith. It was a stepping out, beginning to decorate, buy curtains and all the rest of it so that we were acting on what we were believing for. You will always find that God is going to cause, draw you out. One of the greatest stories of audacious faith was the story of the turning of water into wine. Jesus' mum comes to him at a party. And this, by the way, is the first time we see Jesus in a setting like this, where he's at a party, he's with his disciples, he's not preached until now, he's not performed any miracles until now. But the one thing we know about Mary is the Bible says she would ponder things in her heart. So she knew things about her son. She knew things about his future. She knew his capability, and she had decided to ponder on that. Now, that's a real good practice when it comes to faith, to ponder on the things of faith, to ponder on those things of miraculous outcome, to ponder on, to think about, to dwell on. Better to dwell on that than the opposite. And, and so this, in a sense, should be no surprise that she would come to Jesus and go, Jesus, you've got to help. We've run out of wine. This is totally embarrassing. You've got to sort the situation out. And Jesus goes, hey, stop, woman. Which, by the way, is not the language I would use for my mum. She would have won that argument, not me. But anyway, Jesus says, stop, woman. I, this is not my time. What is Jesus doing? He's not having a moment of provocation. He's not trying to upset her. He's trying to test her faith. Now, you will find Jesus will do that at times. He will test our faith. God, I'm believing for this, and what happens? A great big wall comes up in our way. It happened to Jesus. He was praying for someone to get healed, a blind man to get healed. Not a lot happened. He had to pray again. Sometimes we have to come again, and today some of you may be coming back again with the same situation. And again, maybe it's the second time, the third time, the fourth time. Mary proved herself. She says, I'm, right. I'm, I'm not listening to this stuff. She, now she doesn't even look at her son. So her son could hear. She turned to everybody else and go, do exactly what he says. Now Jesus is trapped. He's like, oh my gosh. If I don't do something now, this is really embarrassing. She's just told all these guys I'm about to do something. They're supposed to do what I say. And, and if I just refuse, this is going to be totally embarrassing to her, culturally unacceptable. He's stuck. Wouldn't it be awesome if today, due to your audacious faith, God in heaven sitting up there going, oh my gosh, these guys are just outstanding. I can't believe what they're about to do. I can't believe what they're believing for. I can't believe their boldness. My goodness, it's going to be embarrassing if I don't act. I need to do something right here. I feel like God is up there smiling right now on you and I with what's about to happen. Because audacious faith is on the inside of us. And so the prophet says to her, hey, what have you got in your house? We need to work with something here. A cry of help isn't enough. Prayer doesn't do it all. You need to reach out. What, what, what have you got? What have you got? She goes, hey, I've got nothing, was her first response. I've got nothing. How many of you have ever got to a point where you've gone, I, I, I want to, I, I, I believe, I've got the faith, but I don't have anything. I think pretty much every miracle offering I come to, I have a feeling like, this is what I've got. This is 
or let's put it this way, this is all I've got. And pretty much every miracle offering I come to, as I get closer to the moment, and I'm dwelling on it, and I'm, I'm getting a feel for what I'm believing for, I feel challenged to look again at our bank accounts, or to consider things I can do. And we did this just yesterday. We saw three savings accounts. We went, oh, well, we, we, we could empty that one, and that one, and that one. All assigned for certain purposes. And that's what we did. We went, okay, well, we'll give that as well. She goes, I got nothing. Ah, except a jar of oil. If today you're going, I've got nothing, or I've only got this amount, think again. <laughs> there may be other resources you've got. Maybe not. If you haven't, that's fine. Maybe going, but I thought that would be earmarked for. But that's where the miracle lies. When you begin to stretch into zones that were your security, these three things, we need that money, those three things for other things about to come up. <laughs> when you begin to tap into what was your security for the future, you know you're stepping into something that is audacious faith. You know you're stepping into a zone where you're having to trust God to step in between. And we're not even believing that that money will come back. If it does, it'd be awesome. If it doesn't, it's all good. I'm believing for the fire of God to come on our church in this season where we expand even further. I believe we're going to see moves of God we've not seen before. I believe we're going to see more people come to Christ, more people experience healing and restoration. We're going to see marriages set free. We're going to see all sorts of things happen. The West location is just going to be such a blessing, not just to West, but to our entire church because it's helping us all breathe a little bigger. Isn't it amazing just starting one extra thing? All of us have to think a little bigger, conceive ourselves as bigger than what we were because of what we're about to do. I'm believing all of that tied up within our miracle offering today. What are you believing for in this moment? What stretch do you need to take? So she goes, oh, I've got a little bit of oil. Will that do? He goes, brilliant. That's all I need. Let's start working with that. Go borrow some pots and oil. Go borrow some jars. You might have to get creative. She went out and had to borrow jars from her neighbors. She went right there out on a limb. What do I mean by that? Now all her neighbors knows what she's doing. Now that's pretty daring. Why do you want a jar? Well, I've run out of oil. I've been to the prophet and he's going to create a miracle. And, you know, I'm going to pour the oil into the jar and it's going to fill and then another jar. And it's, it's going to be endless. Amazing. Now she's right out there now. She's really stepping out there, feeling exposed. She's gone through that zone where she's feeling like she's going without, that this, this could lose, this could go nowhere. She's gone through that emotion, an emotion most of us will feel when we give in a stretch. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling I'm going without. How is this going to work out? She's gone through that emotion. She's gone to the point where she's gone into creativity and she's making something happen that she knows could create a miracle. So she gathers, gathers the pot. And then she does this thing. And this is where I believe the power lies in this story. The prophet says to her, go into your room and shut the door. Can I have the band up? Thanks, guys. Go into the room and shut the door. Why would he say shut the door? Everyone already knows. The neighbors know what, what's going on. And so why shut the door? Wouldn't it be awesome if everyone had a glimpse on seeing the miracle? Now shut 
the door. And then he says, take one pot, take a pot, fill it with oil, and then put it aside. He says, put it aside before you start filling another pot. Now he's making an assumption there'll be enough oil to go to another pot. What is he doing? He's working the miracle. He's speaking ahead the situation. Real good thing to do. Begin to speak. What is going to happen is, I'm going to give this. I don't know how it's going to work out, but somehow I'm going to, going to find that God's going to do something for me. The job will open up for me. He begins to work the miracle by telling her exactly what will happen. But he says, take the pot one at a time. Why shut the door? Take the pot one at a time. There is a power in focus. There is a power in the presence of God. She needed to shut out the world. She needed to shut out other voices. I was talking to a couple in our first service, and they're just feeling challenged over a situation right now because they believe what the Bible says is this. And one of the sets of parents is saying this, totally opposite. They're going, we're finding this a challenge decided what they're going to do they're going to follow what they believe is is right before God sometimes you've got to shut the door I know you're my parents but I'm I, I cannot listen to those voices I cannot listen to those voices can you imagine what our neighbors are going to be thinking as they peer in through the door woman you're crazy you're still in grief go easy on yourself this is a difficult period we know you've just lost your husband Sometimes when we're in our most difficult situations, we need not just sympathy, we need a voice of faith. I know this is difficult right now. I'm with you. I'll stand with you all the way. But it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. God's going to do something for you. I'll be by your side. That's as much sympathy as they need. What they need is an injection of faith. We all need an injection of faith when we're down. Not just sympathy. Just pick people up. Give them hope. It'll be okay. I had an SMS from someone this morning. Pastor Steve, can you pray? This is all going on. And when I'm praying right now, I hear you. But I'm telling you, God's on your side. You're going to overcome. You're going to fight to the end. And this is going to work out for you. It's very easy just to say, I feel, you. I feel it. I'm praying for you. But I'm not going to stop there. I'm sowing faith. It's going to be okay going to overcome she's in a moment where she knows that all this this matters it all counts right now shutting the door all i'm hearing is the voice of the prophet that says keep on pouring shut the door and pour keep on pouring keep on pouring just one jar one jar why one jar sometimes the magnitude of what we want god to do can distract us put aside the fact there's all these other parts we've got to yet fill I've just got this little but just one jar. I need a new job. Just write one application. Okay, another one. One application. Another one. Focus. Give God space to do something. Create an atmosphere of faith in the presence of God. That's what's here right now. That's why these Sundays are so sweet. There's just sweet moments because even if you didn't come full of faith for what God could do, you know that the collective thing here, there's something here. You may be on a downer right now, but there'll be someone next to you on an upper, if there is such a thing. 
<laughs> and you can let that touch you, affect you. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from him. And today I want to invite you to come back to him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer today, the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.